0: Father, we thank you for the Word of God, and we thank you that you'll speak to us tonight by the Holy Ghost, and through your Word, we lean on you, great Holy Spirit. We thank you that you're the author and the teacher of this book, and that you'll use this vessel, Father, to bring revelation, bring understanding, bring instruction, bring aid, and we'll be quick, Father, to give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise, because you and you alone are worthy of it. We thank you that you still speak to us today, that you still lead and guide us. I thank you for the, the word of the Lord that came forward tonight, that prophecy just encouraging us to hold fast, don't give up, don't be afraid, stay in faith. The cloud's going to part, the haze is going to lift, and that you'll see clearly what it is that you have for us, Father. We'll see clearly the gifting, the calling, the ability, the talent that you've placed in us. We thank you for it. And we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen? Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles this evening, we're going to get into some scripture here in just a moment. Um, I'm going to have probably three different openings tonight as, as I uh, stand here at this moment. Uh, the Lord may change all that. But uh, I want to continue ministering this evening uh, on the voice or the whisper of the Lord. I think it's so important that we uh, pay attention. You know, at times, we started Sunday morning and discussed that at times the church wants these theatrical explosions from heaven. We want the the clouds to black out the sun, and we want thunderings and lightnings and flashings, and we just want it to rain down and that everybody would just know without a shadow of a doubt that surely the Lord has spoken to you and spoken to us. But the Bible provision is really just a nudge or a whisper. And as we continue to press in to hear God's voice, to know God's voice, to give ourselves over to His nudge, His leading, it, it'll prove to be absolutely beneficial. We talked a little bit on Sunday, and I shared a testimony of those times where you just know that the Lord has spoken to you, and how that brings security and stability, and you know, it's not always eternal things that are hanging in the balance, but sometimes, legitimately, there is eternal consequence to our not being able to hear from the Lord. Now, there are people who believe there's school of thought that says if God wants it done, no matter what, he's going to do it, no matter who he has to do it through. And uh, unfortunately, I just don't really see that painting out in scripture. I believe that God calls individuals. I believe that God speaks to individuals. I believe that God rose Moses up for a purpose, for a reason, that there are three 40-year cycles of his life that were preparing him to be able to be in the court with, with the Pharaoh for 40 years and in the wilderness as a shepherd for 40 years and, and then leading God's people through the wilderness and into the place where they could enter into the promised land for 40 years. I don't think that was by chance. and I don't think that anybody could have just walked up and like well, Moses refuse, refuses to do it, so let me take a whack at it and see how it will work. Amen? I believe that if the Lord is is, is calling us individually ministering to us individually that he's assigning an individual task for you and for me and it does have an eternal consequence at times if we miss it now we can pray and ask the lord to forgive us at times where we may have missed an opportunity to open our mouths and share the gospel there's no condemnation here but i am trying to encourage us to see that we play a humongous factor a gigantic role in the plan of God in the earth. And if God uh, took his time to speak to you, to ask you to do this or say this, then, bless God, it's on purpose and intentional. Amen? Amen. And, and woe unto us to say, well, you know, we're not going to do that. You're just going to have to use somebody else. Thank God Jesus didn't say that. Amen? Thank God the Holy Ghost uh, just was faithful and true to the words that the Lord had spoken. Jesus had come just as he promised. The Messiah would come. Thank God that Paul the Apostle didn't say, you know what, I got this thing going on I don't really want to let go of. I'm a Pharisee among Pharisees. I'm perfect and blameless concerning the law. I think I'll just stay over here for a while. So we're talking about continuing to hear the voice of the Lord pressing in to listen. And so often that, uh, like I said, that we, we have to understand the Lord wants to speak to us. He's broadcasting 24-7. The more that we're in tune with him, the more that we're able to hear. The more that we set aside distractions. Everybody say distractions. The more that we set aside distractions, and here's one that is even worse maybe than a a distraction. The more that we can set aside offense and just realize that people are people and they're human. And I'm not going to allow people to rain on my parade and and do other things to my Cheerios. Amen? I'm just going to forgive them, walk in love, and move on, because I can't afford in my life not to hear from the Lord. I don't know about you, but I I can't afford not to have clarity and precision from the Lord. I don't want to guess. I'm not up here flipping coins. I said, we're not guessing. This isn't guessing. The, The Holy Ghost didn't say, I'll come on the inside of you, and I'll help you with your guessing. No, He said, I'll lead you, and I'll speak to you, and we're not up here throwing a coin and say, well, you know, 50% of the time we're 100% right. That doesn't work. The Lord wants us to be accurate and to know what it is, and He tells us in His Word that He's not going to do a thing in the earth without revealing it to His people, His servants, the prophets. So the Lord is wanting to speak to us. We need to remove distractions and offenses. We need to tune in to the station, as it were, that He's broadcasting from, giving command and instruction and direction. And we need to understand those avenues wherewith we can hook up to what God is trying to say. Can I, can I get an amen? Am I saying anything tonight? Now, I, wanna, I want you to turn over, if you would, to 1 Kings chapter 19. And uh, for the sake of time tonight, uh, I won't tell you the whole entire backstory. But as the Lord was speaking to me about ministering this uh, word to you on Sunday, I thought, boy, this would be really great to preach and I didn't quite get the release to do it, and apparently the Lord knew why. So there may be some here that really just need to hear what the Lord has to say tonight through these verses. Amen. So we have Ahab and Jezebel, and they're wreaking havoc and killing all the prophets of God, and they're setting up false idols, and they're setting up false altars, and they're pushing the people of God away from the living God into going to worshiping Baal and other false prophets. And so Elijah is getting a tiny bit uptight. Now, this is so strange to me because Elijah just had this amazing, amazing, amazing victory, as it were, Just a few chapters ago on Mount Carmel, he alone stood before all of the people of Israel and all of the prophets of Baal and mocked them and just ridiculed them. And our God put them to shame and answered by fire. He took two earthen vessels filled with water and dumped it on the altar of sacrifice. The Bible says that the trenches were dug around and they were filled with water. And we don't make fire with water; we make fire with fuel, of some sort, and ignition, and air. But here, God is saying, "Dump pots. Dump more. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again." Because I want to see that my my fire is going to fall at the word of this prophet. The Bible tells us that the water. The King James Version says the water was licked up. <laughs> Just totally consumed. Whatever you're facing tonight, whatever you're going through, the fire of God can completely consume it. I mean, just lick it right up to where it doesn't even exist anymore in your life. Amen. Just remove it from you. The consuming fire of the holy, living God. Amen. But anyway, he has this awesome battle. And all of a sudden, I mean, it says that he just killed all these prophets. And that is amazing. I mean, I wish that the Lord would let me live in that day no one wants to go with me just kill all the bad guys here we go at the at the command of the lord i mean i sometimes i miss that that old testament if someone does you bad and tries to hurt the body of christ just kill them anyway so he's he's uptight and i'm last i go to daydreaming uh he is he's uptight and he's undone he's distressed and he's discouraged and he says in the fourth verse, it says that he, of, of Elijah, it says, He himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die and said, is, It is enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my fathers, the prophets that were killed by Ahab and Jezebel. Verse 5, it says, Then he lay and slept under a broom tree, and suddenly an angel touched him. And said to him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and he drank, and he lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank, and he went in. The strength of that food for 40 days and 40 nights. Talking about Holy Ghost provision, amen. As far as Horeb to the mountain of God. And there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said, "And said, What are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here? How many times in our life has the Lord posed that question to us, but we were either hard of hearing or refusing to listen? Maybe we're in a position in our life where we've walked away from the Lord and maybe we're in a position of our life where we've allowed offenses to get into our heart and there's this root of bitterness that's all of a sudden crept in. Or maybe we're in a place where not only have we given the reins of our life, taken them, excuse me, back over from the Lord and we've got this bitterness, this root of bitterness in our heart, maybe we're just completely unwilling to have faith in God and we won't trust Him. And then we show up at this place, and the Lord says to us, Why are you here? How'd you get here? Why are you here? And what are you expecting is going to happen? Boy, I'll tell you, if you're in a position like that tonight, and the Lord begins to speak to you and nudge you, uh, it's imperative that you hear. Amen. You know, all the problems that you've faced in your life, have they're not God's fault. I should say that again, because it was good preaching. Look at your neighbor and say, Welcome to church. Now wake up. Amen. All the problems that you've experienced and faced in your life, they're not God's fault. Stop blaming Him. Silly, stupid, bad people, human beings, have mistreated you, treated you wrong, done you wrong, lied about you, stolen from you, and yes, even some of them claim to be Christians. Stop acting like you're perfect and get over yourself and realize that you're a hypocrite if you think you've never done anything wrong. But that wasn't God. God didn't do that to you. So get over it. Repent of your ignorance. Repent of your error. Repent of your hardened heart towards God and allow Him to ask you that question What are you doing here? What are you expecting to happen? What are you expecting to change? I want to tell you something real quick. Everybody, look at me. Christians are mean. Sometimes Christians suck. Just being real. But you know what? Heathen are mean. And sometimes heathens suck. Now that we've solved the world's problems, we can go on to more spiritual, mature things. Of of course. We're human. We do stupid things in the name of God, and they're not godly at all. We say stupid things, and, and we act stupid ways, and we treat people the wrong way, and we say, well, we're Christians, and we love God, and we love you, and we lie. We're not nice sometimes. But thank God, the Holy Ghost has begun a work on the inside of us, and it will be completed unto the day of the Lord. Amen. Amen. So it wasn't God. It didn't have anything to do with God. Elijah's saying, "It's enough. I'm done. Take me. I'm no better than my fathers. You're not going to protect them. You're not going to protect me. We're, I'm done here. Get me out." So he says, "Come on, come on. let's go talk for a while. And he says, "What are you doing here? Why did you come? to this place, verse 10. He said, God, I've been zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant and torn down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Nobody has it as bad as me. I was zealous to serve you, but these Christian people, they have drove me crazy, and now I want you to take my life. That's what he said. I'm the only one. I'm the only Christian. I'm the only one going through the battle, going through the trial. You've turned your back on me and the fathers that have come before me. And here I am, zealous for the Lord. And these jerk people, they tore down your altars. They've blasphemed against you. They've forsaken your covenant, forsaken your rules, forsaken your word. And and I don't want to mess around with them anymore. I'm done. I'm done. I know nobody in this room has ever felt that way about your fellow Christians. I'm through. I don't want to play around with them no more. I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. So for everybody who's watching this on the Facebook feed or the live stream, this applies to you, so just listen up. Now all of you that are here that doesn't apply to you, just hang on. We might get to something that can help you. 11, then he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, listen to this, and a great strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks into pieces before the Lord. Man, God showed up and He's going to speak. But the Lord was not in the wind. The church wants something theatrical. We've got to have gold dust. I don't even know what that means. Gold dust. we got to have dove feathers and here the Bible says that this great wind came up against the side of the mountain and it it was a rushing wind and God wasn't in the wind how many times have you and I went to speak to the Lord now I'm helping you I believe it this may be applied to somebody Who's here tonight? I know the other one didn't because we all just love coming to church and serving God with with these perfect Christians that are here at New Creation Church. Amen. Man, that's a sign of really good pastoring. Then I've I've really done a great job building you into the person of Christ. So, good job, Pastor Brian. Good job, Pastor Dana. You've you've done it. So now my job's done. I can go home. No, I guess not. Have only yeah. There's a song written that says that. How many times have we gone, we come into the presence of the Lord, we come in as the Word tells us, maybe we enter His courts with thanksgiving, His gates with praise, and we come in before the Lord, uh, we, we come in, in expectation is high, faith is high, and we, we begin to sense that maybe He's here, and then we settle for the maybe the manifestation, but we never got the revelation or the answer. See, the Bible tells us something about Moses and Joshua. The Bible tells us that Moses would go before the Lord in the tabernacle of meeting place, and all the men, all the people of Israel, would stand at the door of their tent and watch as the fire of God fell on the tabernacle while Moses was there. This is what the Word says. This is, I mean, you've got a few million folk who are watching this happen. You can't say, hey, man, I was in this powerful meeting the other day and then all of a sudden talk about dove feathers. I'm talking about there was a visual fire that came and came down onto the tabernacle. And this wasn't just one time. This is whenever old Moses went up and spoke to the Lord about the problems that he was having. So there's this manifestation of the glory of God. His presence is there, and then he would leave. It's interesting, though, that the Bible records that Joshua lingered in the presence of the Lord. It's interesting that the one who actually delivered the people of God into the promised land, a picture and a shadow of Jesus Christ, was Joshua, the one who didn't move when the manifestation came. He lingered longer in the presence of the Lord to hear from the Lord. Maybe, maybe he's definitely here. Maybe he wants to say something. Maybe I should shut my mouth and turn my brain off for a moment and just... Listen, because there might be a nudge. He wasn't in the wind. He wasn't in the wind. Then the Bible tells us that there was a great earthquake that came on the side of the mountain, and yet God was not in the earthquake. Twelve, uh, there was a fire after the earthquake, and the Lord was not in the fire, and still there was a still, small voice. So it was, when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle, and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave, and suddenly a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here? I asked you, boy, what are you doing here? Now you could talk about the the particular cave on Mount Horeb, or you could talk about the condition that he allowed himself to get in, where he was distressed, where he was discouraged, where he was undone he had literally just cried out, God, take me. It's enough. I'm done. I'm finished. The Lord speaks to him and, and ministers to him. But I want to see in this set of verses here, and I want you to see it with me. We can't seek a demonstration of God's presence, a manifestation only. He comes for a reason. He's there for a reason. Don't be like Moses who received the manifestation and left because he's busy to go do all the stuff that he has to do with the people of God. We need to take time and be like Joshua. We linger in the presence of the Lord a little longer. Maybe, this is speculation, maybe if Moses would have spent a little bit more time in the presence of the Lord, there's a possibility maybe in frustration he wouldn't have disobeyed the Lord and it would not have cost him entering into the promised land. How many of us have, have, have gone out and just started doing before we had the still, small voice come to us? And how important it is for us to just wait for a moment. The Lord tells us, be still and know that I am God. Rest in my presence. Know that I'll speak to you. I want to speak to you. I've manifested myself to speak to you. And so here we have this opportunity. You know, Moses was not someone who was without experience in this. The Bible says that Exodus, you get to this Exodus 30, 31, 32, 33, it's just God is speaking to him and he's got this presence of the Lord that's so real and he sees the Lord consuming a bush that doesn't ever burn up. And then the Bible says this amazing thing. He says, and the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man does his friend. And the Lord spoke to Abram face to face as a man does his friend. Our viewpoint and our, our opinion of God that he's an angry judge who's sitting ruling over everything that we do waiting to pour out wrath and judgment on us doesn't even match up with the Old Testament depiction of God. Apart from the blood of Jesus Christ and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says that he spent time speaking. You go right to the very, very beginning of the book. I believe it would be Genesis 1 3. And Adam and Eve spoke with the Lord and walked with him in the cool of the day. He wants a personal, intimate relationship with you. He wants to speak to you. He wants to reveal himself to you. I love how Moses says this. He says, man, if I can't take your presence with me, don't take me or this people up from this place. And the Lord said, all right, well, wherever you go, your presence, my presence will go with you. And then he says this powerful, powerful, powerful statement. Show me your glory. Show me the, the person Of who you are show me your glory and God says I can't show you my glory if I show you my glory if I reveal to you who I am and you're in this side of the cross you'll die no one can see me and live but I'll tell you what I'll do because you asked this is the same God he's the same yesterday today and forever how many of us are so desperate to say, don't take me up from this bedroom spot. This little goosebump I have isn't enough. Don't don't let me leave without your presence going with me. And I'm not interested in just having a manifestation. I want you to speak something into my life. I've come with a problem. I'm expecting in faith, not demanding. I'm expecting in faith. You anticipate when you go to pray. You ought to pray for a reason, and that's to get an answer. Amen." Amen? And so we anticipate in faith, hey, I've come with a problem, I've got a question, I don't understand this, and I'm going to wait here until you speak to me. We can get so busy doing our stuff. Manifestation comes, pow, we get the goosebump. hey, praise the Lord, I'm going to run and all of a sudden the Lord's like, whoa, bro, I wasn't even close to being done. All right, next time. Oh, be sure not to blame it on me when you fall on your face because I was still trying to talk to you, but you we're in such a hurry to run out that gum I'm preaching good make sure that you don't put the finger at me and say where were you you told me and I thought and your word says man we we so often quote scriptures that that they contradict other scriptures because we don't have an understanding of his word and we think that God's going to violate one of his verses in his book to fulfill another one ain't gonna happen that's why people perish for a lack of knowledge a lack of knowledge A lack of revealed understanding, full, mature, and precise revelation of what God's actually saying in His book. They perish for it. That's what happens. We get so quick to point the finger. We take the high road that we couldn't have rushed out or missed it. Must have been God told me something wrong. Think of how arrogant that sounds the audacity that lit- but you sit there and say no 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 preacher that ain't me oh yeah it is oh it sure is yeah cuz he said he would and then you say he said he wouldn't because he won't demonstrate what he said he would do so we get this manifestation this goosebump this tickle get a little bit of peace and then we run headstrong with this tiny little bit of revelation. When the Lord wanted to give us a sentence, we got a word. And we ran. Because, bless God, it's just about getting something. I got to get something so I can go. Because I got to go, 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 go. And then wham, we fall on our face. And we say, God, man, I don't know about this stuff anymore. I'm not sure. Still a small voice. He wasn't in that manifestation of wind. He wasn't in that manifestation of the earthquake. He wasn't in that manifestation of fire. There was a still small voice. And he said, I asked you before, why are you here? If we're constantly chasing the next big thing. You know why church services on Sunday, I've had people ask me this so many times. And I guess I might as well just answer it publicly. How come we don't have a move of the Holy Ghost on a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning like we would have at Brother So-and-So's conference? Well, there are several reasons. One, because you're here. You showed up with no faith. You showed up broke, busted, disgusted, tired. You weren't pursuing you weren't pressing in. You weren't fasting and praying. You weren't declaring in faith. You weren't, there was a, a lack of an expectation that you had when you're going to brother or sister so-and-so's conference because after all, it's just a preacher at the local church with John and Jamie and Brian and so on. So that's one reason why we don't have the conference-type services on Sunday morning or Wednesday night that we would have at a conference is because you have come to this place with absolute religion in your heart, not pressing in to receive a move of God. Because my Bible tells me that everyone who seeks him will find him if we'll whoa, 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 if we'll seek him with all our heart. So we're gonna to go to a conference and praise God. I just wish that my preacher could get it right, because after all, we got these awesome church services at the conference, and old Dumb Brian doesn't know anything. It's your fault. It's not my fault. How come the preacher can't hear from the Holy Ghost? Honey, I'm hearing from the Holy Ghost all the time. How come you aren't putting a draw, a demand, speaking conviction and confession and belief and faith? God, move on the worship team and move on the children's ministry team and let the Word of God come with clarity and conviction and salvation and signs and wonders and miracles and let faith rise and let the devil be ran off and let the the baptism of the Holy Ghost fall on our children's ministry and on the elderly and everybody who comes in here. Let them be touched by the power. No, no, it's just Sunday morning. We just got to show up and put our temper. Sent in and sit there for 40 minutes and listen to the preacher. And he's probably going to wear blue jeans, and I'm not sure I even like that. And what are we going to do when we get done with this? Because, you know, I was having this conversation, and Pastor Day and I had to open up the church service, so I guess I have to get back to that. I hope I don't forget what I was talking to Ken about when we get done with the church service. and But that's not conference mode. That's right. Oh, hypocrite. I'm looking at the video camera. That's not conference mode. That's not what you're doing when you go to brother so and so's conference. When you go to a word of God in power, prophecy, prophetic whatever conference. It's absolute truth. It's absolute truth. And then and then we get into this comparing There's another reason for that, by the way. The other reason for that is, I am a pastor. I'm supposed to pastor you. There are things that have to take place in these church services that don't take place in conferences. If you go to a conference and pay attention, 99% of the people who are preaching at conferences say, hey, you know what the greatest thing about being in the conference is? And they say, what? And they say, I don't have to pastor you. No one's going to receive tithes tonight at the conference. We're just going to take him an offering. And you're going to be slickered up with the Holy Ghost because you came in faith believing. So you're going to give liberally. But then the preacher says, hey, we need about four dollars or $500 to help with the children. Man, that's lame. All that preacher ever wants is my money. I hope I can hurry up and get back to my conversation with Kent. I thought you were talking about hearing from the Lord. Oh, I am. I am. What if you hit that door every single Sunday morning? No hypocrisy in your heart. Every single Wednesday night you hit that door. How about every Thursday night you hit that door? When you come to that door, you say, Father, in Jesus' name, let a bomb go off in this place. I refuse to accept anything less. You think your preacher isn't wanting that? You think that your leadership, your pastors don't want that? preparation preparation we got to be prepared to hear from the Lord what are you doing here why'd you come to church tonight because it's Wednesday and my preacher tells me that I should and if I don't then I get in trouble because he talks about it from the pulpit and that 10% thing I'm still not sure about it but he keeps hounding it so I'm just gonna reluctantly just do it whatever get off of my back must serve in the ministry of helps and i'm going to refuse to allow someone to call me a volunteer because i'm a servant of the most high god in the house of the living god i may volunteer my time but i am not a volunteer i am a minister in the sanctuary i'm a minister in the house of my god and it's a high honor to be a doorkeeper in the house of the lord you know stuff like that if we would just get ourselves ready to hear from the lord there's this nudging I was talking about Moses and he said I can't show you my glory because you'll die but if I, if I do this how about I get to work out this plan for you I will place you I think it's interesting to read the language what is the scripture actually saying to us God was absolutely bodily present physically present there Why? because he took Moses and placed him into a cleft of a rock if I were to place this iPad on the pulpit I would put it over here like this right The lord said i'll place you in the cleft of this rock and it'll be that when my glory goes by you i'll cover you with my hand he's there with god so moses was not someone who was not used to experiencing the presence of the lord but yet it got to a situation where the cares of the day and the pressures of life and the concerns of the people wore on him and caused him to lose his reward. And it was simply, he just didn't listen and do what he was supposed It's not that big of a deal, preacher. Oh, okay. It's not. You're right. He lost his reward. I mean, it's not a bad deal because God himself buried Moses and nobody knows where he was buried. That's kind of cool. The Bible says that it was just that time. God said, All right, they're not going to be able to get in there and do what they got to do with you still here. So uh, it's time. Let's go. His, his natural forces didn't abate him. His eye never waxed dim. He didn't die of sickness or disease. It was just, All right, boy, come on. We talked about this. It's time now. See him? All right, go to sleep. just didn't listen wasn't paying attention he wasn't a stranger to the presence of the lord he wasn't a stranger to the lord speaking to him how many of us are getting so rattled with life and so consumed with the cares and the pressures of the stuff that we have to deal with and the things that we have to go and do and take care of that we begin to lose our sensitivity to hear from the lord and not just get one word and gone out of the presence of the Lord but wait until he's done and then maybe just crazy idea, thank him for speaking Amen. we gotta drive through Christianity true. I need a faith, I need a protection, I need a healing and I need a provision, quick I gotta go, I'm late to work hurry up In 60 seconds or less, just drive through get it, go out Pew! gone The prophet Isaiah says this. He says that the Lord himself will be a voice behind you saying this is the way. Isaiah 30, 21. This is the way. Walk in it. This is the way. God's promised that he'd speak to us. God promised that he would continually speak to us. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. There's no guarantee that we'll hear it and obey. I said there's no guarantee that we'll hear it and obey, but baby, there's a guarantee he's going to speak. That's right. That's right. A flat-out guarantee he's going to talk. Right. Flat-out. I was thinking about this in, in uh, Acts chapter 27, and we don't have time for us to get into the whole text, okay? Acts chapter 27, the Apostle Paul, has, he's got himself on this ship, and he's headed into Rome, and he says, Hey, guys, we shouldn't do this, and they're like, Yeah, whatever. Because that happens. A lot. Especially when it's a preacher trying to say, hey guys, we shouldn't do this. And they're like, yeah, whatever, you don't know anything. Okay, whatever. But the Lord showed him that this is going to be a problem and it's going to get them into a situation. So they end up getting shipwrecked and they end up being in the water and they end up going without food 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 and and going going without food and going without food and there's a problem where they're not eating and they're not going to make it and they're going to die and uh it, it talks about how listen to this it says they had taken it on board they used cables to undergird the ship and fearing lest they should run aground on the Syrtis sands they they struck sail and so were driven and because we were exceedingly tempest-tossed. The next day, they lightened the ship, and on the third day, we threw the ship's tackle overboard with our own hands. Now, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and no small tempest beat on us, all hope that we would be saved was finally gone. And after long abstinence from food, Paul stood in the midst of them and said, men, you should have listened to me. You should have listened to me. He said, you shouldn't have set sail for Crete. You shouldn't have left Crete, excuse me. He said, and you wouldn't have incurred this disaster and you wouldn't have incurred this loss. He said, I urge you, I urge you to take heart for there will be no loss of life among you but only the ship, he said, The Lord came and stood by me this night. And he said, don't be afraid. You're going to have to go in here and you're going to have to stand in front of the Caesar and you're going to have to give an answer and you're going to have to speak. But he says, I believed that it would happen just as it was told to me. There may be times, now I'm not talking about flaky, fruity Christians who can't get their own nose right and can't get their own walk straight. I'm not talking about being perfect. I'm talking about being accurate, and I'm talking about being consistent. There's a huge difference between being perfect and being accurate and consistent. Okay? Everybody do this at me. So I'm talking about being accurate and consistent. If someone who is a spiritual person who walks with the Lord and has a track record of being accurate and consistent begins to say something to you, you ought to... Pause for a moment, take it to heart, and see what it is that maybe the Lord is speaking through them. Because right. he'll speak to you directly, and he'll speak to you through people. And so they finally listened, but they, 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 <laughs> for many days they didn't see the sun or the moon or the stars. It was just dark, just being tossed in this tempest and in this sea. And they had abstained from food for many days, and finally he's like, hey guys, Sorry to bring this up. Is this a bad time? Remember I told you before we even left, let's not do it this way. And how many how many preachers are just saying, hey, you've run your ship aground. You've ran your life into the dirt. You can't continue to walk this way and think it's going to work. And I, I, I'm not here to throw it in your face, but remember when I said this was going to bite you? See how it bit you? Now let's not think about it anymore. Let's walk out of here. And I believe that the Lord is going to do what He told me in the first place. It's important to have a pastor in your life. Amen. It's important to have someone that you know hears from God. Now I'm not talking about flaky people that 90% of what they say doesn't come to pass we got enough of that in the body of Christ I must be talking to the Facebook crowd again I'm talking about someone who has a track record a consistent walk with the Lord not perfect no one's perfect I'm a human being I'm gonna blow it just like you blew it stop judging me I won't judge you I'll judge myself amen but I am consistent and I am accurate I'm not wrong I don't think I heard from God and then say something. Another thing for us to understand is that we don't have to hear from God for every single area and aspect of our life. The book of Acts, Acts 15, the Apostle Paul said, it seemed good, actually Luke said it concerning them. He said, it seems good to us and to the Holy Ghost. If you don't have a major check in your heart, if you don't feel like the Lord saying, don't do this, You don't feel like scripture say don't do this and you don't have any red flags. Sometimes that's all right. You can step out because it could seem good to you and the Holy Ghost. That's important because the Lord will eventually stop spoon feeding you every single step of your life and ask you to start walking, believing that he's really going to lead you and believing that he's really going to guide you. So I'll, I'll help you by saying this and then I'll quit. Don't ever let anyone force you to say the Holy Ghost told me. Don't ever let anybody force you to say, well, the Holy Ghost told me. That's why I'm doing it. Say amen. Amen. Don't allow anybody to tell you the Holy Ghost told me. Because what happens is you could be wrong, and when you get wrong, then people will begin to question whether or not you have any accuracy. Rather, you can say, you know what? I sense that we could go this direction. I haven't heard from God one way or another, but it seems good to me, Acts fifteen twenty-eight seems good to me and the Holy Ghost. Now, I'll be the first to admit it if we make a mistake. If we shouldn't do it, we should have zagged, then I'll say that we did. But I'm never going to stand in front of you and tell you, God told me, God said, the Holy Ghost said. I'll never let anybody, ever, any, ever, anybody, ever, ever, ever have that much power over me. And you shouldn't either. Don't be telling people that God said if he didn't say. I said, don't be. You know what happens is people get into a situation where they say, hey, pastor, I've got to have some counsel from you. I don't know what to do with this situation. But God said, they take that trump card and they throw it on the table, and I just stand back and be like, well, I guess I'm done because God said. And I wasn't there when he said, and I can't judge whether he said it or not. Now I can tell you that that doesn't make any sense, and I don't believe you. And I've done that before and have people not happy. I've literally had people say, that's not God. That's not the Holy Ghost. He wouldn't have said that to you. You're not telling the truth. Those always end really good. But when someone drops that God said trump card out there, well, God bless you. I hope it works out for you. I got about as much as much faith of that coming to pass as I do that I'm going to receive social security when I'm older. But hey, good for you. Have a blast. What are we talking about? We're talking about consistently, accurately hearing from the Lord. Put your coin away. Don't rub a rabbit's foot. Stop throwing a coin up for heads and tails. Shh. Listen. He's right there in the back of just right there in the back of your ear saying, This is the way. He wants to speak to you. Pay attention when a minister, a preacher, an elder, a faithful brother or sister, someone who didn't start this yesterday but has a track record of consistency, has fruit remaining and following after their life, pay attention if they come to you and say, hey, brother so-and-so, I'm not positive that's a great idea. I don't know for 100%, but I feel like the Lord has said this to me. Don't just shrug that off because it doesn't match up with what you want. I'm trying to help you learn how to hear from heaven. I'm trying to help you realize that God is going to come to you and speak to you in a still, small voice. And if we're not careful, we could just miss it because of offense and because of distraction. He's broadcasting. He's sending out messages. He's speaking to you and to me constantly. And we've got to just pray in the Holy Ghost. Tunes that bottom dial in. And we can hear clearly and accurately. I'm not going to let someone tell me and make me and force me to say, well, God said or the Holy Ghost said. Nobody has that power. Nobody has that authority over you. Now, if God told you and God said it, then whatever you want to do. But I've had someone say, well, did God tell you that? Well, that doesn't seem to be any of your business. You mean to tell me that you weren't there when the Lord was talking to me about some stuff? Oh, well, see your way out of this A-B conversation. See, I'm not going to let someone push my hand, force my hand to say, God told me, God told me, God told me. But I will say it seemed good to me in the Holy Ghost. Amen. 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 Following after this pattern of Getting into the presence of the Lord and even being exposed to the presence of the Lord and having the power of God coming and falling in the local church services, not just in the conferences. And having faith rise and anticipation rise and draw and demand and proclamation and declaration and shoving the devil out and welcoming the Holy Ghost and jumping and shouting and singing and dancing and giving and serving and then still not hear accurately what the Lord wants you to do and miss what He had for you. All together. Are you getting anything out of this? Yeah. All right. Well, then we're going to pray and we'll close the service down. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for speaking to us tonight. Lord, I feel this in my heart. Forgive us for, for playing that way. For putting a bigger demand on Brother Big Names Conference than we would on Brother Jesus' Holy Ghost Church every service. Forgive us. Cause us to pursue, to press in to stir ourselves to believe. And Father, I thank You that You're continually teaching us how to listen to Your voice. May it never be a place in our life where we say, how did You get here and what are You doing here? May we never have to rise up and and go and anoint our replacement. May we ever stay connected. May we ever stay connected. Humble, teachable, pliable, workable, and open, sensitive, keen, attentive to your voice. That there may have been more in the tank, but because Elijah said, I'm done, it's enough, he was sent to go and anoint Elisha. May we never have to do that with more left in the tank. May we have the privilege to raise up people around us so we can someday when. We can do it like Paul did. He said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished my race. Finally, there is a crown, a reward laid up for me in heaven that the Lord himself will give unto me in that day. And not just me, but all of those who love his appearing. Let it be on our terms where we've finished our race, finished our course. We've emptied out our tank. And then we say, now Lord, let me anoint that replacement that you've brought to me to build, to love, to encourage, to believe in. Let it be that way, Father. I pray it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen.